Okay, we are talking about how to be led by the Spirit of God. And there are three primary scriptures that we use that show us that we can be led by the Spirit of God. And these are the main three scriptures that we've used for this entire course, not just each message, but for the entire course. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, Romans 8.14. And the Spirit itself, himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, Romans 8.16. So we see that we're led. We see that his Spirit bears witness with our spirit. And three, the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly, Proverbs 20.27, meaning the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. That's where, there, that's where the light is. That's where we're illuminated. That's where the direction is. That's where our strength comes from, out of the spirit, out of our innermost being. When we speak in tongues, we speak in tongues flowing out of our spirit. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. The innermost being, the inward man, that's our spirit. And also in scripture, it's referred to as the heart. The spirit, the heart, interchangeable. And Paul would also interchange the words, the inner man, and the word I, He'd interchange, speaking of the same thing, the inward man or, or I, meaning you, the real you is a spirit being that's on the inside. And that part will go to heaven. That part doesn't experience physical death. That part simply goes to be with the Lord. And we're happy about that. That's after a long life. Okay. All right. But tonight, um, we want to talk about the inward voice. Last time we met, we spoke about the inward witness, the inward witness, which is the primary way that God guides us is by the inward witness. Primary way meaning the most common way. But tonight we're going to talk about the inward voice. What is the inward voice? This is the second main way that you'll find that God will lead you, or the second most common way will be by the, sometimes it's called the inward voice. We can also call it the still small voice. In, the, in scriptures in Romans 9.1, and you, you, it would be good for you to look this up. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. In other words, my conscience bearing me witness. Again, we see the bearing witness, but my conscience, my conscience, speaking about my conscience. And the inward man who is a spirit has a voice. Just as the outward man has a voice, the inward man has a voice. And we call this, this voice or, you know, this voice of the inward man or conscience. Still small voice. Your spirit has a voice, and your spirit will speak to you. You will hear your spirit speak to you. And if you haven't really experienced that yet, you will now. I believe you will now. I believe as we're focusing on this, because the Holy Spirit's the one, God want, God's the one that wants to teach you more than anybody else. God's the one that wants you to learn and grow and know. God's the one that wants you to be able to follow him into all the promises, into his highest and best for your life. He's the one wanting to lead and guide you. So much so that look at the big picture. He gives you a born-again spirit, recreated, new spirit. Here, I'm going to, if you guys are having a hard time following me through the Old Testament, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to do it a different way. I'm going to put my laws in your heart, and I'm going to take out the heart of stone and give you a tender heart, a heart that's tender towards him. That's making it easy being led. Makes it easy knowing right from wrong. We know. He put it in us. Then he gives us the Holy Spirit. If that wasn't enough, then we get the Holy Spirit. 
In the Old Testament, it was only the kings and the prophets and the priests that had the Holy Spirit coming upon them like that. We all, thank God, get to receive of the Holy Spirit now. We don't have to go to a king or a prophet or a priest, but we get to fellowship with God direct. We get to speak with God direct. We get to commune with God direct. I mean, really, to be able to talk to the creator of the universe. Sometimes I just think about that, that he cares enough about me that he wants to talk to me, that he cares enough about me that he put the Holy Spirit on the inside of me so that no matter how busy the whole world is, he's not too busy to talk to me. No matter how much he's managing, overseeing, dealing with, no matter how many other people are talking to him at the same time, he still can listen to me. He can still listen to me. Yes. Have you ever been in a big stadium? You know, a stadium that was really full of people and just looked around and thought, what if they all talked to God at the same time? <laughs> it's a lot of people, and that's just one stadium. But he can still listen to you. He can still listen to me because we've got the Holy Spirit on the inside. So no matter what's going on, we have this wonderful relationship with him. It's, it's fantastic. It's awesome. Now, we're talking about the still small voice. One time, uh, not too long ago, we were in another church. My son was a toddler then, and I had taken him and checked him into their toddler room. It's kind of like nursery room, but it was a toddler room. And I checked him in, and I knew the couple that was running that room, and I knew the church very well and was very comfortable with the church. I think well of the church and well of the couple that was running the room, and everything seemed wonderful and safe and fine, and I signed my son in, and I left, went and I sat in the main service. And as I was sitting down, I heard this come up out of my spirit. And when I say that, I can sense where the voice comes from. And you can just sensitize yourself to this, that it's on the inside, but it's like it comes up, like, and, it, and it gives light to my head, to my understanding. Like, I just, I hear, I know, but it's in my spirit. So it's like comes up out of my spirit, pray for Chad. And at first my head's thinking, well, that's odd. I mean, I know, I mean, I mean I'm, in, I'm in church. <laughs> pray for my son, I'm in church. And I, I'm trying to, you know, my mind is kind of trying, all these thoughts are going through, but still I felt like I was supposed to pray for him. So I immediately started praying in tongues because I didn't know what to pray. And then I asked, you know, should I go get him? Should I go pull him out of there? And I kind of, I had a check, like I didn't need to go do that, but just to pray for him. So I just kept praying for him in tongues until I had peace. And then it just seemed fine. Whatever it was, was fine. Checked again. Should I go get him? Didn't feel like I needed to. Okay. In my spirit, just didn't have a sense. I needed to go do that. So I sat through the rest of the service. And then at the end of service, I went to go sign him out. And as I signed him out, they said, oh, they picked up a piece of paper and, and they said, oh, we had to fill out an accident report. You know, and when you're a mom of a, of a little one, accident report. <laughs> what, what do you mean accident report? And, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, God, you're so good, you know. And what had happened was that they had bookshelves that were up high, taller than me. There were toys up high on these shelves. And my son had climbed up the shelves to get some little plastic car or truck that was up there. The bookcase went down. But it didn't land on him because it hit something instead of hitting him in, in the way that it went down. And so he was safe underneath. He was just scared. My first thought is, 
if this is a room for kids, why are you putting toys on the high shelves and why aren't they bolted to the wall? So as I'm about to ask that question, they said, well, you know, we've just moved everything around and changing rooms and shifting things around and we haven't quite finished the move yet and we hadn't bolted the bookshelves to the wall. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay. So, I mean, I, they know what to do. It just was a little slip. But God knew. Mm -hmm. And so even though my son was scared a little bit by what had happened, he somehow was protected. I mean, you know, when you're little, I mean, to have a bookcase yeah. fall down on top of you, that's a big item. And so God had protected him. But see, it, it's so, we just have to be so careful not to let our head or our natural thinking talk us out of things that come from our spirit. Because God knows. So even though my mind is thinking, I know it's safe. I know the people in there. I know this church. I just checked it out. Everything's okay. But still, God was like, pray. There was something about praying. And, and I believe something was prevented. He didn't get injured. He was a little scared, but he didn't get injured. And I believe God protected him in that. What we want to do from that is just learn that God knows things that we don't know. Yes. You know, we see things in part, but God sees the whole. Yes. We know some things, but God knows everything. Mm -hmm. He knows everything. So really best is trust him. And keep yourself just sensitive to that leading, sensitive to the still small voice. You know, just, just, just heard him pray for Chad. Okay. Even my head was thinking, you know, why? But I did it. So we want to follow him and don't let your head talk you out of things that come to your spirit. Because when your spirit speaks, that's God or the Holy Spirit to be specific and exact. It's the Holy Spirit bringing light to your spirit, or the Holy Spirit communicating to your spirit, and then your spirit knowing, okay? And we want to follow that leading. We want to follow that leading. Acts 23.1 says, And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. If you, if you go through the New Testament and you look where Paul spoke, and he spoke about his conscience, he always said he obeyed his conscience. He was always obeying his conscience. Your conscience is a safe guide. When your spirit is born again, you can trust your spirit, or we can say it this way, you can trust your heart. You can trust it because it's born again. Somebody that's not saved, their conscience is not a good guide because their conscience will allow them to do things that may not be right, but your conscience won't. Your conscience, because it's born again, is a safe guide. So can you trust your own spirit? The answer to that is yes. Yes, you can because it's born again. So sometimes there's this little thing of just, you know, I just thought I should do that. Or I just knew this. I just knew that. Again, that's more about the inward witness. But that's a knowing in your own spirit. You just will know things. You don't really know how. Or, gee, I just didn't feel very comfortable with that. I didn't really know why, but that never really sat right with me. That's where it's not bearing witness. But there's also a voice, which we're talking about, the inward voice that will speak to you. And, and, and bring light to you. Not too long ago, I was asked to speak at a high school chapel service. And I had spoken at this school before, but I had done the elementary chapel service with puppets with Brad. We had done that several times. And so then they asked me to do the high school chapel service. So I had been preparing for this and I'd woken up early and I was working on the message and I was sitting there just working on the message and praying and writing my notes out and just getting myself ready. And I was, you know, in perfect peace. I had woken up early and was working on it. 
far enough in advance. As I'm working on it, at one point, just up out of my spirit came, go get ready. Go get ready to go. And I thought, well, that's odd. God knows me. He knows it only takes me half an hour to get ready. And it's an hour and a half before I need to go. I thought, well, that's weird. He knows me. I know him. He knows how long it takes me to get ready, and, but he's, and I know, he knows how long the drive is, but he's telling me, go get ready to go now. I thought, huh. And, and I kind of, uh, I, I did this a little bit, like, uh, it didn't make sense. You know, here I could just spend more time in my notes and praying, you know. But as I'm praying, I'm trying to pray about this. That's what I'm getting. So I think, okay. So I think, well, then I'm ready enough, apparently. And so I go to start to get ready. And as I'm starting that process, I think, just for the fun of it, I'm going to call and check and make sure I've got the time right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm getting ready, and I call and I check, and they say, oh, no, that's not when the high school chapel is. No, it's an hour earlier. And I thought, oh, okay, thank you. Praise God. And they didn't know who I was because I called anonymously. <laughs> I just called and I said, what time does your high school chapel service meet? And they told me. And so I said, oh, okay, thank you, bye. And, and I, you know, finished my half an hour getting ready and got in the car, and I was ex perfect. It, it was perfect. It was the exact, I pulled in, perfect peace, walked straight into the room. They were just assembling, starting. Is God good? God is good. See, the Holy Spirit knows things, and he'll illuminate things to your spirit. It was like, I'm sitting there, per, you know, I'm just focusing on this. It was like, go get ready. I'm like, I don't even know I'm going to have to get ready. I mean, what do you want me to go do? I mean, you know, but he knew. He knew. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, that'd be bad, right? That'd be bad if you were an hour late and, and you're supposed to be speaking. He's so good. He is so good. He's my friend. He's your friend. Yeah, God, he's your Lord. He's your Father. Jesus is your Savior. But the Holy Spirit's your helper, your comforter. He's wonderful. He's wonderful the way he'll help you in, in, the, in the things of life just so that you can do things right. He's so good. Yes. He is so good. Yes. He's wonderful. So follow your conscience. Follow that still small voice. When he speaks to you, you know, or when, you know, when you, he speaks to your spirit and you hear it through your spirit, obey. Obey that leading. Obey that leading. Now, I'm not talking about voices on the outside of our ears. I'm not talking about listening to voices, and I'm not talking about seeking voices. We do not want to seek voices. That could get somebody into error. We're not to seek voices, but you can seek being led. And you're led on, from the inside. The inside. Why? Because your spirit's on the inside and the Holy Spirit's on the inside. And you're led from the inside. Mm -hmm. Not out here, mm -hmm. but on the inside. That's how he leads you. That's where he leads you from. Why don't you turn to 1 John 3, 20 and 21. And it says, for if our heart condemns us, greater God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. Something that's good for you to know, that sometimes the people will say that the Holy Spirit condemned them for doing something wrong. And, and technically, that is not correct. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn you when you do something wrong. It's actually your own spirit. The Holy Spirit is nowhere in Scripture called the condemner. He is called the counselor, the helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. Amplified actually says this in John 14, 16.
the Holy Spirit comforts, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, standby, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, then he may remain with you forever, John 14, 16, amplified. We see what the Holy Spirit's role is. The only thing that the Holy Spirit will convict you of is not believing on Jesus. That's it. After that point, once you've become born again, it's actually your own heart or your own spirit that condemns you when you do wrong. So he's not there to be hard on you. He's there. It's your own heart that will be hard on you. It's your own heart that will convict you of wrongdoing or saying something wrong. And then the Holy Spirit's the one that's right there to encourage you, lift you up, cheer you up, encourage you right afterwards. That's important to know. One of the reasons why it's important to know that is because it's important then for us to keep a tender heart towards God for several reasons. One, because if we keep a tender heart towards God, it's easier to be led because we're more sensitive to his spirit leading us and guiding us. So as we keep a tender heart towards him, we're more aware of that leading on the inside because our heart is sensitive towards him. Now, some people can become callous and can even sear their heart, sear their conscience. And that means just overriding and doing something long enough that then it gets to a certain point where it doesn't bother them anymore. I, I still have some Christians, somebody that I know that's a Christian that's been saved a long time, and they can still swear, swear up a storm. And I think, ugh. And yet, and yet I know they're born again, but they've just... They've, they've, they've allowed themselves to do that for so long that it just doesn't seem to bother them anymore. Uh, so it's possible to sear your conscience. We don't want to do that. We want to keep our conscience so sensitive to God that we're very tender-hearted towards him so that it's easy for us to be led and be guided by him. And I know sometimes I'll hear Christians say things like, I can't do X, Y, and Z anymore. I can look around me and see all these other people, and they can do it. How come God lets them do it, and them do it, and them do it, but I can't do it? It's not fair. Well, the reality is, it's really their own spirit. It's their own spirit that's putting a check on something, you know, of what's okay, what's not okay. And what's okay or not okay for one person may be different for somebody else. But we need to follow what's right for us. We follow the Word. We follow God. But we also follow our own heart, our own conscience. See, your, your body may be different than somebody else's. In general, we're all the same. But in specific, your body may have different nutrition needs than somebody else's. So one diet may be okay for you, but it not, may not be okay for somebody else. Abstaining from one food may be good for one person, but the other person may need more salt in their diet. I mean, so it's really keeping sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit to do what, your, what you need, what your body needs. One person may be allowed to drink coffee and one person may be told not to. Your own spirit just convicting you, no. One person it's okay and one person it, it's not okay. One person may go on a certain diet and the other person may not need to go on a diet at all. It's just being tender towards the Lord and being willing to be led by him and letting him speak to you and guide you. What I would like to do in closing is just to spend a little bit of time being quiet before the Lord and practice and just sit quiet before him. Ask him, you know, Father, is there anything that you want to lead me in or guide me in? Oftentimes um, during worship, 
You know, when you just really enter into the presence of God and then you get quiet before him afterwards, the mind is quiet and you're just in just that great place with him, it's very easy to hear your own spirit speak. It's very easy to have a knowing about things, to have that inward witness. Very easy. So what I want us to do now is to just take some time to be quiet before the Lord and just ask him, Father, is there anything you want to lead me in? guide me in, anything you want to reveal to me. So I just give you that time now. Father, we thank you for this time. 